from the WGN Radio presents a conversation. I want to make one thing perfectly clear. A dialogue. What are you prepared to do? An astute debate. Everything you can know And a peek behind the curtain of politics. And then what are you prepared to do? I think Chicago is not only the center of the country, I think it's the center of the world. Don't tread on them. Where did this statement come from? This is the Sunday Spin. Your host is the Chicago Tribune's Rick Pearson. Hello, everyone. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune, and welcome to this edition of the Sunday Spin for January the 19th, 2020. Welcome to our look at the world of politics and policy as we take you from City Hall to the State House and on to the White House. So, as Mama says, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, so take a time for a break. Enjoy a little beverage, and we'll get you prepared for the rest of the week. And Roger Badish in the newsroom, uh, some breaking news. The Illinois Senate in Springfield is now convening to elect a new Senate president. That's what I was uh, keeping an eye on. We yes. were uh, expecting them to uh, make that selection, and then they're waiting on Governor Pritzker and getting the whole Senate down, because uh, we've still got a couple of votes to uh, get through here before it becomes official official but don Harmon mm-hmm. from oak park will be the new illinois senate president uh he was in a contest with kimberly lightford of maywood kind of an interesting dynamic a uh longtime white democrat from oak park versus mm-hmm. kimberly lightford uh who would have been the third african-american and the first woman to head up a legislative chamber as oh. as leader in Illinois, uh, certainly uh, there have been women minority leaders, but not as right. a, not one of the two tops. So, right. now Don, was was Harmon the assistant? Harmon was in leadership, as was Lightford was an assistant oh, okay. to Cullerton. So, got it, got it. Uh, basically, what I'm getting is word coming down that uh, Harmon has uh, was viewed in some respects as having more experience politically. A lot of the issues of uh, being Senate president is not just deciding on a legislative agenda, mm-hmm. uh, but on fundraising. Ah, so it's who you know. Advantage, advantage, Don Harmon. Yeah. Also, an interesting bit of trivia: uh, Harmon's from Oak Park. Mm-hmm. If you remember the uh, last Senate president from Oak Park. Oh man! Now you're you're trying to get me to remember be- things before I- Emil Jones. Oh goodness! Uh, it went on to um, uh, the Senate or. Um, I'm sorry. Did I catch you? Did I catch you? No, you. You've got me back in history. Phil Rock. Who? Phil Rock. Oh my gosh! You got me way back before. (laughs) You got me back before the uh, seventy-nine, the seventy-nine stone storm. No, no, no! Come on. (laughs) Phil Phil Rock was Senate president when I was around. Yes. No, I. I I was joking. <laughs> and, and Rock, who had a very distinguished uh, tenure sure. as leadership, and in some respects was very viewed, long. Was and we, he was viewed uh, during Jim Thompson's governorship, though he was a Democrat from Oak Park. He was kind of viewed as Jim Thompson's floor leader, with Thompson being a Republican. Right. So, just some interesting trivia there. But we do apparently now have a new Senate president, Senate President Don Harmon of Oak yeah. Park. So now the the uh, the agenda of Governor Pritzker can start moving along whatever didn't get done last year 
Well, that was always going to be part of whoever, with Democrats with a 40 to 19 majority in the chamber. Okay. There was little doubt about a Pritzker agenda moving forward. It was gotcha. just who was going to be in control of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Harmon was an influential factor in putting on this November's ballot the proposed constitutional amendment to change the state income tax from a uh, flat rate income tax to a graduated rate income mm-hmm. tax. Harmon was one of the sponsors of that. Lightford, for her part, was one of the sponsors of another Pritzker initiative, and that was the $15 an hour uh, minimum wage. Minimum wage right. So yeah. they, they each, they, uh, Pritzker uh, stayed out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, given given the choices, uh, he was going to win an influential ally either way. That's good. And we have another uh, uh, result, uh, uh, not out of the state house, but out of a football house. Uh, yes. Yeah. Kansas City has uh, moved on to the Super Bowl. How about that? Yeah. They have uh, a final 35-24 over Tennessee. You know, and I had a feeling that they were going to end yeah. up being there. I, I think this has turned into, uh, not to get off politics. Oh, yes. Far. Well, yes, we, okay. we get off we politics. Can, okay. yes. <laughs> but, um, and and uh, unless I've got an investment in the situation, like the Bears, obviously, um, or if, uh, like back in the day when I was working every day in a news outlet and following sports intently, um, uh, I don't really pay attention to it. But I've just had a feeling all season long that Kansas City is just destined. Well, I, I've, I've been thinking, and by the way, my youngest daughter is moving to Kansas City Ooh. at the end of the month, so she already has some Kansas City sportswear. Nice. But I will, I will tell you, uh, the belief with Mahomes, the quarterback at Kansas City, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay, uh, doesn't don't you think this is rigged for State Farm? For oh the Super yes, Bowl? yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I mean, doesn't it set up perfectly for that? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's going to be a classic. If 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 uh, Green Bay, which is going to be playing a little later on to, uh, with San Francisco, they're going to lose. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Look see, I set, up, I set up. See, I set up the perfect result, and then I say, no, they're going to lose. But if they get through, um, it, I think it's going to be a tremendous game. Uh, you got two great quarterbacks. I'll be rooting for the Chiefs. Okay. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Roger's here to keep us up to date on all the news. Uh, Producer Casera is here to field your phone calls. We're at 312-981-7200. You can text us at that number. We've got a special shortened show today because we got the Blackhawks pregame coming up at 530. So when we come back, we're going to go through uh, some of the uh, voice clips over the last week. You're listening to the Sunday Spin on WGN. This is the Sunday Spin on 720 WGN. Once again, here's Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune. Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune on this special Blackhawks pre-pregame edition of your Sunday Spin. The Hawks up ahead playing Winnipeg at home tonight. They've won four in a row, by the way. It's nice to see. Time to spin through our week, uh, last week in national politics, and we'll begin with uh, uh, a release, a statement from the White House yesterday uh, from the President of the United States, his response to the articles of impeachment uh, that were forwarded to the Senate by uh, House Democrats. Uh, I'm quoting now from the answer of the President, the articles of impeachment submitted by House Democrats are a dangerous attack on the right of the American people to freely choose their president. Quote, this is a brazen and unlawful attempt to overturn the results of the 2016 election and interfere with the 2020 election now just months away. 
The highly partisan and reckless obsession with impeaching the president began the day he was inaugurated and continues to this day. That's how this letter starts. It goes on for a total of six pages. And what's interesting in this response was it does not address any of the fact-finding that the House Democrats submitted in their 111-page introduction for these articles of impeachment. Of course, that's coming up on Tuesday, but I want to move back earlier into the week. We uh, had the debate, uh, the last debate among the Democratic contenders in Des Moines before the February 3rd Iowa caucuses, and I wanted to play some of the highlights of that. So here's kind of a a mishmash of uh, some of the comments that came out of that. I would not meet with the, uh, quote, Supreme Leader who said, Joe Biden is a rabid dog. He should be beaten to death with a stick. I count that. Other than that, you like him. Other than that, I like him. And he uh, he (laughs) Senator Warren confirmed in a statement that in 2018, you told her that you did not believe that a woman could win the election. Why did you say that? Well, as a matter of fact, I didn't say it. (laughs) So can a woman beat Donald Trump? Look at the men on this stage. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women, Amy and me. 137 things I found that a president can do herself in the first 100 days without Congress that are legal. And one of those things is that you can start bringing in less expensive drugs from other countries. Bernie and I had an amendment on this. We got 14 Republican votes on it. It was at midnight. They might have not known what they were voting for, but we got that. We have got to take on the fossil fuel industry and all of their lies and tell them that their short-term profits are not more important than the future of this planet. That's what the Green New Deal does, that's what my legislation does, and that is what we have to do. Look, Mayor Pete has three years as an analyst at McKinsey. I have 30 years of international business experience. I can beat Trump on the economy, we're gonna have to beat him on the economy, and I look forward to taking him down in the fall on the debate stage. Mayor Buttigieg. Uh, you demoted me. I was actually an associate, but that's okay. <laughs> if a guy like Donald Trump keeps trying to use religion to somehow recruit Christianity into the GOP, <clears throat> I will be standing there not afraid to talk about a different way to answer the call of faith and insist that God does not belong to a political party. I am ready to take Thank on you. this president. President Trump, who has no problem mocking people, using insulting nicknames, slinging mud, and telling lies. The debate against him will make tonight's debate look like child's play. Are you prepared for that? I am prepared for that. Look, I've been the object of his affection now more than anybody else in this state. I've taken all the hits he can deliver, and I'm getting better in the polls, my going up. And by the way, I have overwhelming support from the African-American community. So Joe Biden with the first word and the last word there among the six candidates that qualified for the last debate before the Iowa caucuses on February 3rd. Of course, a very fluid situation uh, developing and continuing in the race for the Democratic nomination. While the Democrats were debating, debating in Des Moines, we had President Trump who visited Milwaukee. He touted the U.S. airstrike that killed Iranian terrorist Soleimani as well as criticizing the Democrats. And the Democrats should be outraged by Soleimani's evil crimes, not the decision 
to end his wretched life. They're saying, well, he was a general, he was this, he was that. You know what? Number one, he wasn't supposed to be there. He was a designated terrorist by President Obama, who didn't do anything about it, as usual. As usual. They don't do anything. They designate and they don't do anything about it. He should have been killed 20 years ago. Now, here's the story with the Democrats. If I didn't kill him, and let's say we lost three, four, five embassies or bases or thousands of people or hundreds of people or two people were killed, they would have said, Trump should have taken him out. Anything we do, they go the opposite. Now, as we began our weekly spin through the national politics, Tuesday, we're looking at the opening of the uh, real uh, beginnings of the Senate trial. Still no word yet under what rules Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell plans to operate this under. Uh, We had, last week, Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announcing the trial managers. One of them is the Intelligence Committee Chair, Adam Schiff, and he defended why the House moved so quickly. We've always felt a certain uh, urgency about this uh, impeachment, given that the president was trying to get foreign help in cheating in the next election. But as soon as we did take up and pass the articles, Mitch McConnell made it clear that he didn't want a trial in the Senate, that he didn't want to hear from witnesses, that he didn't want documents. And this time has given us the ability to uh, show the American people the necessity of a fair trial, to expose the degree to which McConnell is working hand in hand with the subject of the impeachment, the president, to essentially turn what should be a trial into a sham. Uh, and that, that time has been, I think, very effective uh, in not only bringing new evidence to light, and the evidence was already overwhelming, but also forcing senators to go on record. Do they want a fair trial, one that's fair to the president, but also fair to the American people, uh, or are they going to participate in a cover-up? That's House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff, who is the perhaps the lead House manager on the Senate upcoming trial on the impeachment of Donald Trump. Now, on the House floor last week, Pelosi defended the House moving forward with impeachment, going so far as to tell Republicans that she had vociferally opposed moving forward with impeachment until she said the president really gave her no choice. So we have a situation that is very sad. Don't talk to me about my timing. For a long time, I resisted the calls from across the country for impeachment of the president for obvious violations of the Constitution that he had committed. But recognizing the divisiveness of impeachment, I held back. Frankly, I said, this president isn't worth it. But when he acted the way he did in relationship to withholding funds from Ukraine in return for a benefit to him that was personal and political, he crossed a threshold. He gave us no choice. But Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell assailed the House Democrats for moving so quickly. It appears he also wants to end the trial quickly, despite calls to hear witnesses that include former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Here's Mitch McConnell. Last year, The House of Representatives rushed through the least thorough and most unfair impeachment inquiry in American history. They took just 12 weeks, 12 weeks, 
there was more than a year of hearings before the impeachment of President Nixon. There were multiple years of investigation for President Clinton. When people are serious about compiling evidence and proving a case, these things take time. That's not what happened this time. House Democrats performed a pale imitation of a real inquiry. They did not pursue their own subpoenas through the courts. They declined to litigate potential questions of privilege. They pulled the plug as soon as Speaker Pelosi realized she had enough Democrat votes to achieve a political outcome. Now, the Republican leader of the House, Kevin McCarthy, had an interesting take on why he believes Pelosi delayed sending those articles of impeachment to the Senate. He accused her of trying to help Joe Biden's presidential bid by basically sidelining his opponents, who were those that were going to be sitting senators in the Senate trial. Here's Kevin McCarthy. There was nothing gained. It goes against everything she said. But if you look at the true political nature of why, to harm one campaign and give a benefit to another, the only rightful thing of Joe Biden is to make a pledge not to campaign why Bernie Sanders cannot after what the Democrat National Committee had done to his campaign a few short years ago. Now, as the articles of impeachment were being read into the Senate on Thursday, the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, said Trump illegally withheld U.S. aid to Ukraine by defying the Congress. That is basically the basis of what the House Democrats are moving forward with on impeachment. Once again, here's Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Today, and this is the day the Government Accounting Office confirmed that the president's actions at the center of our impeachment articles, withholding congressionally approved military aid from Ukraine, was illegal. And these are their words. These are the words of the GAO. Faithful execution of the law does not permit the president to substitute his own policy priorities for those that Congress has enacted into law. The Office of Management and Budget withheld funds for a policy reason which is not permitted under the Empowerment Control Act. The withholding was not a programmatic delay. Therefore, we conclude that OMB violated the uh, Empowerment Act. The The OMB, the White House, the administration broke, I'm saying this, broke the law. That's House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on that report from the Governmental Accountability Office that found that the White House had broke the law by not following Congress's dictate to release those funds for military assistance to Ukraine. Uh, the funds, of course, th- that delay the subject of, of the issue of impeachment. That's all we have time for on this week's edition of the Sunday Spin. I want to thank you for listening, and we've got the Blackhawks up ahead. Patrick Kane trying for his 1,000th point. The Blackhawks shooting for five in a row. Thank you for listening. This is Rick Pearson. This is WGN.